Stories have become such an important part of marketing, and not just stories for story's sake, story with intent, story that helps you meet your business objectives. When you tell stories, it's easier to make a point. It's easier to gain trust. It's easier to simplify concepts. On this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, I visit with Kyle Gray, the author of The Story Engine, and we talk about how to build story into your everyday marketing. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by AXA Equitable Life. That's AXA.com. Advice, retirement, and life insurance. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Kyle Gray. He is the founder of The Story Engine. That's thestoryengine.co. He's also the author of a book by the same name, The Story Engine, An Entrepreneur's Guide to Content Strategy and Brand Storytelling Without Spending All Day Writing. And it just came out in audiobook. And so, Kyle, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, John. I'm really excited to be here. So we have been, I have personally, at least, and I know other marketers have been talking about story as a way to connect. I, I, I will tell you a little anecdote. I remember telling business owners that 20 years ago and having them kind of bristle at that idea. Nobody wants to hear my story. You know, they just want to know what our product does. And it's funny how it's it's kind of become a central part of marketing today, hasn't it? Definitely. Yeah. If you were uh, 20 years ago, I still think it's, it's as essential as it's always been. It's nothing new. It's the most ancient form of communication. It's how we are wired to understand the world around us, how we relate to other people and how we um, build trust, really. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, some people might have said like you were ahead of your time, but I think that this is the most ancient and, and practical of tool sets for anyone, whether you're growing a business or whether you're just trying to relate to uh, anybody you're working with, friends and family. Yeah, and it's funny, though, because I, I think there definitely were people that were doing it and they were doing it well, but it was still it was still sort of seen as a fringe thing. You know, business was business and, you, you know, especially if you were trying to bring in a personal story. And in fact, uh, you and I were talking kind of... Uh, off the air before we got started that you you know not only have you been doing this and teaching people this but you've you've really found it as a way to express your personal story you want to you want to share that absolutely so one of the things i want to say right out the bat and maybe to to a point uh, are of what you were saying is um you know i think a lot of people have this impression of storytelling as kind of this woo woo kind of uh, uh thing and and don't see it as a practical or powerful tool and um it's it's really just the the opposite where um what i what i love about storytelling is it's the fastest way, um, if done well, to really create a connection with your audience, to create a human connection. There's a lot of, there's a big shortage out there of trust and of respect out there. Um, there's everybody can claim to be whatever they want online. And through your story and being able to create something through through who you are, why you're doing it, and how you do it differently than anyone else it can be one of the best ways to really connect with people who are ready to buy your product and need your help. And so um, I'll, I'll explain how I came across this myself. Um, so a uh, 
it wasn't just a couple years back where um, I discovered I had some uh, an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's. And for me, that's a that's a thyroid disease. And what that meant is I would be fatigued a lot during the day. Um, I would find myself in these kind of like negative mental loops over and over again. And no matter how many Tony Robbins books I read, I couldn't get out of the, the you know, these negative mind states. And um, I'm also like a very, uh, I love being outdoors. I'm, I'm a big rock climber. I love to ski. I love to hike in the mountains. And, and a couple of years back, I couldn't hike more than a quarter mile without serious knee pain just taking me down. And this, was, this wasn't quite the, uh, the <clears throat> basic just getting older kind of stuff. And uh, so I started doing a lot of research on how to figure this out for myself. And meanwhile, I was um, trying to do my, the, my best work I could. I was working for a startup called WP Curve, helping them grow to about seven figures in annual recurring revenue through content marketing, through telling their story and just creating useful, helpful uh, content on their website, which was their, their main and pretty much only engine for growth. But um, I was still kind of in in a dark part of my own story, trying to figure out all this health. And I was reading all the books. How do you know what is this disease? How, how what do people you know, how do people feel when they when they have it? How do you manage it? What do you do? And um, I was starting to study a lot and also um, <clears throat> working on building out my skills uh, for my business. And what I found are until a twist of fate actually found me at a lunch table um, across the, across the person. And she introduced herself. Hey, my name's Dr. Grace. I overcome autoimmune diseases through the gut. And, uh, when she said this, my eyes widened and like parts of my storytelling and copywriting and marketing brain, all of a sudden we're starting to connect with all these things with health. And I was like, Oh really? So your patients must feel like this experience that they feel like they have this problem, but it's really that. And then her eyes started getting as wide as mine. She's like, you need to come work for me. We need to work together. And so we worked out a deal where um, I would do copywriting and help her share her story online and sell more of her products, reach more of her patients in exchange for her walking me through um, this Hashimoto's protocol. And so uh, within a few months, I had never felt better. Um, I had never felt stronger in my life. She worked a lot with probiotics and nutritional health. Um, as well as uh, to to kind of restore um, my health via my gut. And a lot of these kind of negative mindset things, the stress I would feel when I woke up in the morning, which for a long time, I was telling myself a story of like, oh, well, you're just not a very good entrepreneur. You're not going to make it. That's why I thought I was stressed in the morning. But it turns out that you know, I just, my, my biology wasn't quite right. And so once I figured that out, I could change my own story and see, <clears throat> see the world a little bit differently. And so she gave me that power to, to really change my life. And, and also through that process and through, um, having, having and struggling with this sickness for a long time, I immediately understood her value. And so I went from working with, I still work with different startups and entrepreneurs and high-end coaches, but I find that I make the best impact around health and wellness um, coaches and, and uh, doctors who are working a little bit outside of the kind of the normal fields of medicine. And so that's kind of how I discovered my own unique value through my own journey. And through that, I came up with just a, a process 
that I think makes marketing really scalable, really powerful, and really simple for everyone. Yeah. So, so that story, and particularly the, you know, imagine the uh, the health and wellness practitioner or coach. Uh, obviously, that story can is not only a key part about who you are, but it also does. It also helps. I believe, at least, it helps uh, el- illustrate the value that you would bring to them, and so that kind of shows you the power of what is your what was a personal struggle for you, but then turned into really a, a, a value driver for them. Exactly right. And so what what that really means is it, is it combined a couple of different elements that that your audience can use, your listeners can use. So there's three different elements that happened within that story that we can break down. One is it communicated that I was ordinary. I was somebody that uh, like like many people, I had a problem and I was suffering from it. I didn't know what to do. Um, but I, it also communicated that you're extraordinary, that you're different. You're not, you, you are an authority for a reason. And not only am I a marketer, but I've, I've gone down this journey of health and I know that their specific value very precisely because I've experienced it. So I can tell their story better than the average Joe, uh, funnel builder out there. Um, and then it showed my reason why. Because I have also because I've suffered from this, I've seen this and I've also seen I've had a couple of friends who have suffered from similar issues where I'm seeing a lot of a lot of health problems crop up these days that aren't necessarily um, very obvious and straightforward. But it's a bunch of disparate problems. And I, I really care about solving these things because I think, um, you know, I've, I've seen the, the pain and distraction and value that it can reduce from my own life personally. And I want to help other people get these solutions faster and easier because I've seen what it's like when, when you don't know uh, where to go next and you're just stuck being frustrated trying to look through blog post after blog post, a lot of which are, you know, misleading or or just hype marketing, look, trying to prey on uh, desperate people who want to fix themselves. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by AXA Equitable Life. It's time we start giving life insurance the credit it deserves. That's because life insurance can be so much more than protection for you and your family. It also helps you live keep, and potentially build more cash value over time. To learn more, go to AXA.com. One of the things that I think people struggle with a little bit is that, you know, in some ways that's your, I would say that's your core story in a big sense. But a lot of business owners, maybe they have that core story of why they do what they do, but they need they need what I would call the, you know, the little stories too that sort of help connect and make points and simplify things and build trust. So, so how do you go about kind of combining those two things? Because not everybody has personal tragedy or, you know, some big aha moment, you know, that becomes their story. So how do you, how do you develop a story that is going to serve your why, as you said, but then, you know, realize that, that there's power in, in stories on, you know, helping people understand your products and services as well? Absolutely. And you don't need to have, you know, a story of personal tragedy um, it can be, you know, a story that's as simple as, you know, hanging out with uh, your father when you were a kid and maybe a funny thing happened can be equally as powerful if they're applied in the right way. And so what you really want to understand uh, when figuring out your story is it's actually you've got to think about your audience first. Um, you've got to imagine them as the hero in the story. Um, because even if you're telling your own story, your listeners are going to experience it 
through your shoes. So you want to guide them down a path that is the path that they need to hear to solve their problem. So um, a lot of people when doing kind of audience research, customer research, they're going to come up with like core demographic things like they live in in San Diego, California. They make $80,000 a year. They have one kid and two dogs and they read these magazines, which are great. Um, That all makes sense, and that's all very necessary, but most of us just feel like, okay, good, we've got our demographics down and stopped there. But what you really, what a lot of people miss is where are they in the buyer's journey or how do they, what mindset are they in? For example, you know, if we, if we call it back to my own journey, um, there was a time where I didn't know anything about this, the, uh, my health. And so I was like, you know, I'm fine. I'm good. I can, you know, eat whatever food I want. I can do, do whatever I need because I'm okay. But really I was suffering, but I didn't realize it. So is your audience in that state or are they in the state where uh, a few years later where I was like, I've tried everything. I've sunk thousands and thousands of dollars into different people. And I feel like I've gotten ripped off every time. How can I trust one more person, which is a very different level of knowledge, which I need to hear a very different message then to the person who uh, maybe I am right now where I say, okay, well, I'm well sophisticated and educated in in this kind of stuff. And I know what I'm looking for and I know the language. And so I can, I can shop a little bit better. So you need to understand where your audience is at each of those points and create messages and stories that will specifically relate to those. And so I'm a big fan of, of, uh, I I've developed an infographic on, on my site that I call, uh, the crossroads method, which actually takes the buyer's journey and aligns it with the hero's journey, kind of a classic storytelling framework. So it takes every little section of the hero's journey and then aligns it with a key question that your buyer is asking and needs to be answered. So that's that's something that can help you come up with those little micro stories to string together and always have just the right story um, for every kind of mindset or state of uh, being that your your audience or potential customers are in. So I know you mentioned an infographic, and and I see more and more examples, great examples of people using visual storytelling or or at least visual branding around uh, stories. How, how important do you think that aspect is uh, when it comes to trying to make points? I think it's I think it's crucial. Um, a lot of what I've done, I've been a writer for a long time, but um, a lot of the content on my site, I've always striven to have. Um, you know, I I just uh, have a laptop, but I I have a rule when we're publishing where I want to be scrolling and I never want to see just text in the column. I always want to see visual support because it just helps you process things so much faster. I know it's a cliche, but a picture really is worth a thousand words if you position it right. It can add subtle emotions. It can, they can usually explain a concept a lot better and um, they just break up if you're, if you're, whether you're using a lot of text or whether you're on social media um, or whether you're using video, I just think visual content can help 
drive your point home a lot faster and it can drive it home on a different level than just written content. It, it processes differently and activates more areas of the brain. And so I, I think visual content, uh, whether you're a writer, whether you're a podcaster, and especially, I mean, obviously, if you're doing video, uh, you, need to, you need to incorporate good visuals to, to tell your story. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a challenge because a lot of times people will listen to something like this or they'll read an article and everybody's saying, oh, no, visual, visual. Everybody just scans. Nobody reads. And I think you can get caught in the trap of of believing that um, because but but I think that you also need to appreciate that a lot of what people scan is because they won't give you the time till they trust you or they don't think, oh, this is going to be valuable for me to sit down and read these 3000 words. But I think you need both because once you do build that trust, you can go so much deeper and you can put so much more emotion into, you know, a, a book. I mean, I love reading a, a great 500 page book, but I won't do that. I won't commit that kind of time <laughs> unless I really like the author or I really like the book. And I think that that's true about a lot of the writing that we do on the web today. I think a lot of people... Um, underestimate that that people will still read if you give them a reason to trust you and give them uh, a, a great experience when they do read. Absolutely, I think I think that's that's enough. You know, your visuals, um, like you were just saying, to your point, buy the trust, especially when you're thinking of the featured image for your article. If you've written an article, that's what's going to be shared on social media and uh, across a lot of places, and so and it'll usually be the first thing they see at the top of the page or looking through your archives. So um, that needs to be compelling and emotive and and bring them in or capture their attention enough so that they do trust your text. Because yeah, attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. But it's it's also true. Um, I think when they when you do have their trust, when you do have their attention and a captive audience that they will they will read your content. And I think um, the way uh, of the trends I'm seeing for written content are actually go longer and more detailed and more powerful. That's what that's what Google is looking for. And Google is Google is just trying to be as human as possible. They're just trying to give people what they really want. So um, whatever they're doing, they're just trying to create better human experiences. So that's what people want. Well, and I know um, in analyzing my content, which there are you know, lots of tools to do this now, um, that by far and away, I mean, like not even close, my most shared content is typically over 3,000 words. Absolutely. Easily. Um, yeah, yeah. I stri I think these days, like your, your post has to be at least 2,000 words. And maybe I'm just in a habit um, from doing it for so long that I just feel like I can't even get out a proper thought in less than that amount. And maybe at least as far as like a good blog post, of course, if we're trying to do a sales page or, you know, it depends on the different purposes of your content. Uh, for example, if you want like a lead magnet, something that's really short, something that uh, you'll just uh, you'll again, you're you're communicating high value. You want to get them a quick win. I think a lead magnet is not an 80 page ebook, a one hour webinar or anything like that. It's a nice one page PDF that's laser focused on a problem. And then again, you get them that quick win, you build up that trust, and they're going to be more willing to listen to your full interviews or read your full articles. So Kyle, where can people find out more about you and the story? 
you can check out uh, you can check out all of my content, what I'm up to at thestoryengine.co. We've got a lot of great stuff. I'll make sure to share the link to um, the Crossroads infographic I mentioned on this page. Um, you can also check out my book on Amazon. It's available in Kindle paperback and brand new on audiobook. Um, and I, I narrate it myself. So if you en enjoy my radio voice here, uh, you'll enjoy that there. Um, but yeah, I've got lots of different articles on storytelling. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to see and hear from anybody who's interested there. Yeah, and of course, we'll have the links in the show notes at Duct Tape Marketing as well. So Kyle, thanks for joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll see you out there on the road. Thanks, John.